Kelly. Right-handed shot into the top of the circle. Shoots and a pad save by Talbot. And they will win it in a shootout. So the Leafs' winning streak comes to an end. Their point streak is extended to six games. But the Minnesota Wild and a battle of two of the premier teams thus far in the standings goes to a shootout with the Minnesota Wild winning it by a score of four to three. Well, Bonesy pretty much nailed it. I think we can go home. That That's it right there. Uh, two good teams played a good game. Uh, Brent Gutting, Gord Stellick here with you yeah, for Leafs Nation post game. We're not going anywhere. There's a lot to break down. Uh, we're going to talk about the shootout. We're going to talk about hopefully not an injury to Jason Spezza. I am going to try not to yell and scream about the uh, Nick Foley or Marcus Foligno knee uh, to Jack Campbell's head at the end of intermission. I'm going to yell and scream about the Nick Foligno trade. Mm, yes, and I we love can the Felinos. I love the Felinos. We can. You know when would be a good time to do that, Gord? Would be tomorrow on an extended edition of Leafs this week. The brand new show, one to two on the fan. We'll be doing that. But right now. Breaking down tonight's game. Uh, I mean, you you were screaming it. I was yelling it along with you. Get the point. Get the point. Get the point. They did that. They managed to survive. It was a lot more of a survival than, than I would have liked at the tail end of that game. But you walk away with a point. I don't think you can be too disappointed. Yeah, I don't know how many people watch or listen and or listen to all, 80, all 82 games. We do, which we're glad that it's, it's our job. And there's a certain number that you really get into. Yep. And this was one of them. This was one of that you really, you really got engrossed as a fan, really got engaged as a fan, really got passionate as a fan. Great point. This is as good a point as the Maple Leafs will get all season. This showed a lot to be down three nothing on the road of against a very efficient Minnesota Wild team, and then come back, tie it up, and just what a what an entertaining last half of the game or, or whatever it was. Once the Leafs started uh, coming coming back and tying it up, what a great great game. Uh, a great, great overtime. First shootout of the season. And we're trying to think, who's who's going to take shots now? And you brought up the point that Jason Spezza might have been one of the shooters. Uh, he's a guy that they would uh, probably use. But in which case, you know, again, a slash on the hand. And I don't want to say a dirty play, but just a slash on the hand. Those things can doesn't take a lot to cause some kind of damage. So hopefully that's not the case. But, man, Marcus Foligno, it's going to be the story in many, many ways that <laughs> – you know, good for him for taking on Wayne Simmons and good for yep. Wayne Simmons for taking on him. It was kind of like uh, there was a bit of a dance there. Guys looking to fight. It looked like Greenway was going to be the guy, but a big he question. Saved Michael Bunting, which yes. I was very thankful for. Big, yes, you're a distant relative, but big question because they talked about and showed it in the intermissions on Hockey Night in Canada. Marcus Foligno appears to come off the bench to engage in the fight, which if it is interpreted that way, he could have uh, some issues. And then he flat out ran Jack Campbell. And, you know, I, I that's a dirty play. Mm-hmm. I can't believe there wasn't a penalty on it. And, I, you know, I, I I mean, that's how you get hurt. That's how you get a concussion. Nobody, you know, they you, you play hard, you go to the net, but you understand the parameters nowadays. So anyway, Jack Campbell shook it off. And you th- and then you're thinking, hey, why doesn't he pretend there's an injury? And he may get a penalty, but the concussion spotter yeah. would then uh, get him out of the game. And you know who the backup was tonight? Michael Hutchinson, and yeah. you don't want that. Yeah, you know why? Well, in fairness, you really don't want anybody at that to go in. This but, is true. But anyway, so many storylines about uh, a great, great man. What? How? Hey, down two men. What for a buck forty-eight? 
Buck 48 and the and not two men. Like, well, yes, they were down two men, but not just any two men. Morgan Riley, who when you're out there for basically two minutes coming off of five on three, he was going to factor in that. And David Camp is the other guy who takes yeah. the penalty there. That's a guy, of course, you would have loved. I, I said to you, I was shocked. Kerfoot was the guy they went with. I just figure on a five on three, you want as much length out there trying to disrupt things. Speed isn't as much of a, a necessity. I thought maybe Spezza was the guy, but I have to give Kerfoot credit. He was tremendous on that kill. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Shots on goal are 42-40 in favor of the Maple Leafs. So have to factor in overtime, of course, but it was going to, the first period was 9-6. So they're just 15 shots it in the game. Really, it was very much a feeling. Feel 82 each other shots, in, the 82 first shots period, yeah. in total. And uh, boy, fans were into it in Minnesota. They saw a heck of a game from, from the home team and from the road team. We saw... I don't think we heard the soupy chants. I don't think it was it was as loud as in California. Minnesota is not an easy place to go if you're going to do a one-off no. to go to a, a Maple Leaf game. But uh, they got what they bargained for. Jason Spezza, again, we await uh, hopefully positive or, or not terribly negative injury stuff. He scored two goals. He's got two of the three goals. He, he was awesome tonight. And, of course, the other injury story, uh, if you're if you're just joining us, Mitch Marner did not play tonight. He will not play tomorrow. Uh, we, we're still trying to endeavor exactly what that injury is. Of course, he, he got tangled up with Jake Muzzin in practice. He was not happy about it. Uh, he, he made sure to let Muzzin uh, know that. So that that's the story there. Because of that, you had Wayne Simmons kind of playing up on the lineup. Matthews, the the... I mean, the, the line started pretty much regular just with, with Simmons getting the bump onto that top line. But once they fell behind 3 nothing, and, you know, I have to hand it to Sheldon Keefe. I know it's a point of contention for some people in this fan base, but he really seems to have the right feel. Like, when he gets the lines going in a true blender, not just a little switch here, a little switch there. When they needed to get the offense going, it was anybody and everybody playing with each other. And it just, it seems like he has a really, really good feel for that of just how to shake guys up, who to put with whom when you're looking for a spark in the game. So what you're saying, it's a point of contention. Some fans don't like the blender. I don't think they like the blender. I think they like things to set it. What's what's the old infomercial? Set it and forget it. I think that's when people are still very accustomed to their lines of just tell me who the first line is, second line, third line. Don't have this switching going back and well, forth. Well, you know, and we, uh, you know, in fairness, I get you're right. You're that we are getting identity to lines like all of a sudden uh, when they're all healthy, getting a, a, what seems to be a real good two-way line as a third line. And then, of course, we know when Marner's healthy, who he plays with, and then Nylander and Tavares playing. So we are getting a bit more identity. But uh, Jason Spezza then took Marner's spot on the power play, and mm-hmm. Jason Spezza was extremely effective on the power play. So the old thing about getting opportunities and others stepping up, and it's it's a shootout loss, but, it, like, it always sucks losing in a shootout. I know that. Like, when it ends, it it just, poof. but that's a great point. This is the, I, like, I, I gotta, I just gotta say, and it's not like the Leafs, the Leafs aren't battling for points right now. No. You want to store them. Don't get me wrong. You don't want to turn them down. It's not a divisional rival. So it's not a four point game. You only play Minnesota once at home and once away. But um, man, I, I, I've said for all those that go ahead to game number 83, which you and I do as mm-hmm. well, that the biggest thing you could do now is create good habits reinforce work, good habits and be consistent with good habits. And we've just seen so much in this 15, two now and one stretch uh, that they've done. I mean, it really is like just saying, okay. And hopefully that is a difference maker when you get into the playoffs. I feel like I know we're all appreciating it and enjoying it. I, I don't know that we can state that number enough. 15, two and one. 
Like, just think about how good a team has to be to pull off a stretch like that. And I know it's November. And I know, again, we all want to run ahead. We all want to jump ahead to the playoffs. And if this team keeps playing like this, they're absolutely going to be there. But it's just, I, I feel like we cannot skate past 15, 2, and 1. The other thing that I thought was encouraging tonight is, I thought this is maybe the most physical game the Leafs have played in this year. I mean, there, there have been some others. The game against Philly was no, was no laughing matter. The game against the Sabres was actually a really rough one. I know the ducks game was kind of physical, but it, it felt to me like that was the most quote unquote playoff hockey type game. I mean that, that Jordan Greenway, he is a menace on, on the wild. And I, I'm not going to go as far as to say they really thrived with the physical play, but I thought they survived it more than adeptly. And that that's one of those other boxes. We keep looking for the boxes to check. Can they play solid two-way hockey? Can they bounce back after a rough start? And I thought tonight the box, they, they again, it wasn't a full-fledged checking, but it was, I, I just, I'm not, I'm not of the belief that this team is going to get pushed around if they're able to survive in a game like that against the wild. Cause that's a very physical team. Yeah. And they had home ice advantage. The wild did tonight. Right. And you know, and again, when we go back to the playoffs and, and you look at not a lot of line adapting either. And, you know, Philippe Deneau was really effective, right? He was. And, and there's a reason the LA Kings paid so much money to get him from Montreal. And there's probably a reason, part of the reason of the Montreal Canadian struggles, uh, the fact that he's not there anymore as well. So, yeah, to your point about uh, uh, good, strong, physical, effective checking lines on you with the home ice advantage to make the change, that's great practice for the playoffs. Yeah, it was. And, you know, just kind of going, it's just getting back to the shootout for a second there. You know, we're, we're looking at the shooters. I mentioned, yeah, maybe Spets is a guy who shoots there. Marner is a guy they, they've gone to. You know, I know in soccer, they have these things. I'm, I, I, you know, I'm talking a little bit out of my behind when I get going to soccer. But they, my understanding is you can loan players from other teams. They should have put in a loan for Tyler Bozak right then and there. Fly him in, get him in for the shootout. I numbers I'm sure would not back this up, but in my mind, Tyler Bozak's the greatest leaf shootout artist of all time. That was the first guy I thought of when they went to the shootout tonight. Yeah. He's, he's, he was the go-to guy, kind of a, a nice fondness for Tyler Bozak. All I can say to Austin Matthews, eight shots tonight. He scored one of the three goals that Jason Spezza didn't score. Spezza scored <laughs> the other two in regulation, but boy, his shootout goal. Oh. I mean, the skilled players like Kaprizov on the Minnesota side. Beautiful. And then Austin Matthews, like, man, that's the kind of one, like, where are their jock straps? You know, basically, <laughs> as far as the goaltenders like that. And uh, so, so I got to think Austin Matthews, if he gets more and more shootouts, we're going to get quite comfortable with that. Well, yeah, I was sitting there saying, and again, I, you know, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but just memory. He hasn't been for a guy who is the best goal scorer in the league. He has not been that guy in, in shootouts for memories past, but if he is going to do that, I think he will be just fine. And then, yeah, you mentioned the Kaprizov goal. It was just a weird one. It was kind of a, and this is not a knock on Campbell. This is just deception. That's a talented offensive player, but it was almost kind of like the old Pavel Datsuk D kind of a half version of that, where he just floats to the one side and just floats the puck up over the glove. Yeah. Like it wasn't a wired wrister that, that beat Campbell. And it's just, again, that's a testament to, you mentioned it. This is a team you see twice a year. And that's a guy who we've all heard about. We know we got the big deal in the off season and you, you can see why when you watch a move like that. Yeah, he's a big for a believer in real estate, right? Location, location, location <laughs> is really what he was looking at uh, as far as that goal. But yeah, man, I can't. And the Maple Leafs had a power play in the overtime as well. Not a full two minute, but it was about, I think, about a, minute a minute and a half and a little bit over a minute. And boy, it's so many different things. I just so, so, and you know, not, not a ton of odd man rushes really throughout the game. It's a t team that both teams really uh, focus on good team defense. You had to create your chances um, by being hard on the puck, keeping the puck, sustaining the puck was generally how both teams did that. If they created any kind of scoring chances, it was, uh, it, 
unlike now Wednesday, Colorado's an excellent team, but you know, but that was like Friday night rec hockey. Yeah. That was just for the Maple Leafs. That was, that was like for, th- th- this was this was th- this will be a very tired Maple Leaf team. Uh, it's not a long flight to Winnipeg. You do have to clear customs and immigration. Hopefully, that shouldn't be a big deal. But this will be a tired team. Yeah, a uh, very tired team. And uh, Winnipeg, another heavy team. And uh, that is a barn that that cannot stand the Leafs. So that'll be a fun one uh, tomorrow. But we still have a lot more to dissect from this game tonight. Leafs keep their point streak alive, but they have their road winning streak snapped. It is a 4-3 loss in the shootout to the Wild. We will continue with a little more Leafs Nation postgame right here on Sportsnet 590 The Fan and the Maple Leafs Radio Network. Brent Gunning, Gord Stellick here with you for Leafs Nation postgame on Sportsnet 590. The fan and the Maple Leafs radio network. Leafs are 4-3 losers on the road in Minnesota tonight. It does come in a shootout. That's so not the right term. That You're right. You're right. Non-winners. Non-winners in yeah. the shootout. Or we could say the wild one and the Leafs played the a strong one. hockey game. Great, great point. It was a great the point. Best point. The best single point they will get, I believe, in all of their 82 games wow. this season. Wow. I mean, I, I mean, kinda, I'm, I'm, that's not, I'm, you get two points for win. As we understand, <laughs> I'm just saying a one point game. This is as good as a one point game as you can get. Yeah. And it, it was, you know, leading into it, there was a lot of talk of what exactly will this wild team be? What will the pushback be? And to me, that is a, that is a team that does lack a touch, a touch of high end skill. Like they've got it with Kaprizov, but the outside of that, there aren't another, there aren't a ton of other players that really pop and jump, but that is a, just a, you know what? I actually kind of think of it a lot. Like I think of it like those earlier iterations of the jets. Well, where Eulers hadn't really become him. Shifley hadn't become him, but you just had Bufflin and a rock solid decor. You're getting great goal contending from Talbot. That's just that to me, just when people close their eyes and think of not as not a cup champion, but a playoff team, I think that wild team is kind of a picture perfect example of what people think of. Yeah. And obviously we're going to talk about the Leafs, obviously, but to the wild team, first of all, because he's such a great buddy to everybody around here, Bruce Boudreaux, mm. they had, they were going good when they fired him. Okay. They were. So Dean Everson was his assistant, but he was always going to take over. So, so be it. Okay. I'm just for the record. Cause Bruce, he's going to be assistant coach for team Canada in the Spangler cup. And you know, there's got, there's got to be one more kick at it for him. He, he would be, he would be great with an NHL team, but to Bill Guerin's credit. Okay. That's, that's his coach, uh, Dean Everson that he brought in. He said, uh, I don't like our goaltending. We'll do something. He got Cam Talbot. That was, uh, that was the best quietest pickup last year. That's given them very steady goaltending. And this summer, Talk about the makeup of the room. And, and this is one thing Leaf fans have kicked around. They kind of wonder when you have these abysmal, again, going back to the playoffs, eliminations like the last couple of years, is there something amiss in the room? And again, uh, obviously, Leaf management doesn't think that's the case. It doesn't look like it's the case of late. But Bill Guerin said, yeah, I'm going to change things. And Ryan Suter's playing 28 minutes a game, and you buy him out. Zach Parise was a foregone conclusion. Yep. Like, you know, these two guys came – and they were the messiahs. The package deal. The whole thing. And that was great. But their time had come and gone. Their contract hadn't come and gone. So, he because next year, the next two years, this year, not so much. But the next two years, there's there, there's considerable salary cap hit. A salary cap hit they're going to have to absorb as I just hit my off button there. But that, you know, but give Bill Guerin credit. And, you know, and that's it about whether it's Bill Guerin, Kyle Dubas, or anybody else about knowing your team, identifying what your team has and doesn't have and doing something about it. So I don't, I want to be clear because the person I'm about to mention is one of the most respected guys in NHL history. But I do wonder if something kind of similar happened with the Leafs where last year they brought in Joe Thornton 
And the belief was that he is a guy who's going to keep it light. He's going to keep it loose. But I also think the, and I want to be careful about this, the problem, and I'm using air quotes there, with bringing in a guy like Thornton is it forces everybody else's voice to shrink in the room. And I don't know how you can point it in Austin Matthews. You can point it at William Nylander. You can point it at a Mitch Marner and saying, it's your room now. Well, then what's he doing here? What What is the point of Joe Thornton being here if, if it's my room? And I, not to say there was ever any strife there, but I just think removing a presence like that allows those guys to just have a bigger voice, to grow into being the leaders. And I want to be clear, this isn't to say it's Thornton's fault, but I do think sometimes you get the addition by subtraction. Okay, I, again, first thing is I never talk, well, I'll, I'll talk, in talking about, I'll say I never... I never pretend to know the room because mm-hmm. the room is real. I'm just and, hypothesizing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know that. And all and all the players know the room. That's what yep. I always said. Even when I was in management, the room was real. And that's where they have stuff figured out. And they go, okay, you know what? Brent Gunning, he's great with the media. He gets all these chintzy assists and that. When it's a tough <laughs> game, he disappears. You know what I mean? Uh, that you is know. me to a T. Well, so but, but then the other guy they pick about when, when the going gets tough and all these types of things. So I think in Joe Thornton's case, in all honesty, I, I, I think he was fabulous there. The problem was they had to play him, mm-hmm. you know, and, yeah. and, and, and they weren't going to, and Sheldon Keefe's not going to embarrass guys like Mike Babcock did with Jason Spezza. So he had to find time for Simmons and find time for Thornton. And really they only needed one of them. And, and unfortunately for Joe Thornton, it, it, it wasn't in play to get significant time uh, on a team that was hoping to win a Stanley cup. So with, with the Florida Panthers, yeah, you look at it, he's really fourth, fourth line mm-hmm. now. But the Leafs kind of, because it was a big thing that he came, uh, elevated his status quite a bit, put him on the power play quite often. But uh, I still think I still think there was some positive things he bought, but not enough to make a difference in the yep. playoffs. So, well, And the other the other thing I'll say is it's, it's easier to fit and find places for Joe Thornton in Florida, where we're talking about it when it's going well. And if it's not, we just don't talk about it. It's, whereas here, it's a story every single day. Like it's just, it is another example of, it's just harder here. It's also better here when you win, but well, it is diff- just well, harder here. Well, it's 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 like he's coming here. That's you know what I mean. <laughs> oh my goodness! Again, it's the product. Uh, like John Tavares did it, and uh, Patrick Marlowe was from Western Canada. But when he was going yep. to come, you know, where in Florida you probably got well. First of all, so many empty seats. Like mm-hmm. it's like it's embarrassing. They got this team that's kicking kicking ass, and they got so many empty seats. And you probably got you know fans that are going. Did Joe Thornton play somewhere else before he came here? You know, you know, like so. Where'd this old guy come from? So it's. Uh, well, he should try shaving his beard and mustache like, like Austin Matthews. Matthews. I think he'd look great. I think he would look great. You know, look look at Elliot Freeman since mm. he shaved the beard. You know, before we were sending him donations. We thought something had gone <laughs> ser- seriously awry, and now Elliot looks like a million bucks. Speaking of a million bucks, the the dulcet pipes that I've been I've been trying to coax back onto the program. You know, he's a big star now. We we try to we try to get his takes when when we're lucky enough. You know, a lot of times he 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 corrals us wonderful guests. But we, tonight he's, we have George Russick. We have George Russick on the Excellent, line, man. No, George Russick is officially banned from Leaf Station post game. I want to be clear about that. I love George, but he is banned from this program. We are going to bring in our wonderful producer, Sam McKee. Uh, McKee, you are a guy who loves heavy hockey. You love playoff hockey. And it's just something I, I think about with that, with the way that this wild team went tonight, McKee, I mean, uh, are, are you there? First things first before yes, I throw, man. okay, you're here. Yeah, I know you gave the great intro and I couldn't tell uh, if I, I thought uh, they were playing a game of no, Crocodile no. back there. Uh, 
we were we were getting it figured out, and it was great that you did a long intro. But uh, oh, you're, so you're getting the audio figured. No, out. No, we were getting the. I don't know what she was doing over there. She's put, touching buttons and okay. just smiling. To, just to be clear, okay, the she, technical she side. is Danielle, and yeah. she's the reason we're all on air yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. So maybe maybe you know. Uh, <laughs> I step, never know what she's doing step, over there. Step down. Okay, that's very fair. We all we all know nothing that has to do with actually keeping us on the air. Uh, all right, she's a beauty. She is. Um, Back to hockey. So I love that game. Honestly, boys, I think that was my favorite game of the year. It sucks that I had to go to a shootout. Couple filthy ones like you guys are talking about. That Matthews backhand uh, Kaprizov with the feathery touch there. But great game. Heavy hockey game. I thought the Leafs, uh, they did pretty well in that game. I thought maybe the they had a, the Wild had a little bit of an edge mm-hmm. when it came to the physical side of the play. But I think they're a more physical team. And I thought the Leafs did a pretty good job against it. Like you said, Bunting got saved by by uh, by Simmons fighting Felino there. And I, he, had, I just, he had Enrique Iglesias playing in his head, like I can be your hero, baby. I think that was a good. I think that was a good. Wow, great singer. Thank you. I think there was a hard fought tie for the Leafs, and then they lost the, the skills comp. I I was had no complaints about that game. Even the even the when they went down three zip, I thought there was a couple fluky bounces. The one goes off Hall. That one that Felino scores. And then the least get a lucky one off the bean of uh, Talbot. But yeah, it was a great game. That Loved tells it. you everything you need to know about what Sam and I like to take away from Leafs games. Because I'll tell you what my favorite Leafs game of the season was. It was the 8-3 win against Colorado. That was very fun. I enjoyed that. This, yeah. was, this was an awesome game. I'm there with you. Is there a guy? What I, are you, in grade four? What? 8-3 game? Let's oh, look at the grade four is like whatever. I, I just, look, I just <laughs> love it when the Leafs win. Okay, I'm sorry. Well, I know. I'm but sorry, after guys. a while, it's uh, okay. But you you were talking about it earlier with the playoff style game. And that was a, like, I even got a few texts from friends like saying that was a playoff style game. The intensity was there. That building looks great. Like the fans there, obviously, it's a state of hockey. They love it there. It was engaged, loud. They were into it. I, I just felt as though that was a playoff style game. Heavy, like I said. And they they did a good job in that game. I you know I would have loved to see one of those going OT. You know that slash on Spezza. Hope he's all right. But yeah, I was impressed. Jack Campbell again tonight, fellas, was great. Just every night we talk about him. He made so many good stops, especially in overtime. You know he got beat by Zuccarello on that really nice shootout move. Yep. And it's so foreign to see that. You know, like yeah. it's just like he's been so good, and to see him get like almost not embarrassed, but just beat clean. It was weird to see it. But yeah, I, I thought he was splendid tonight too. Uh, three goals they scored in a span of six minutes, 23 seconds Not uh, bad. at the end of the uh, second period. So to get them back in the game. Um, also, um, Danielle's got to be honored. What did you say? She's a great girl. That's got to be like a Christmas tree. That's uh, yeah, obviously <laughs> coming, coming from Sam. And uh, you know what the guy with the hits has? He gives the Maple Leafs four hits for the game. 15 See, this, to four. Did this, it, like that? Like, I don't, these stats are irrelevant. 15. They're, Hits have never like. I mean, this yeah. is going back four to the, hits. Four hits for like fifteen for the Wild. Okay, that guy's a little. He's I mean, a little trigger happy there. Well, I was gonna say. Well, and but four, four. Like, did he did he go for ice cream or something at some point? Did yeah, I miss that, something? First of all, these stats. Like, forget it. Like, you got home team. And actually, there's gonna be people listening. I know them that do it. They'll be enraged. Do it at Scotiabank <laughs> Arena. So that's unfair because they take it. Well, seriously. those guys are great. Yeah, yes, the guys. Yes, the yeah, ones we run great. into all the time are all for them. But some of the other buildings, four hits. Anyway, uh, that's uh, it because it was it, it had physicality. This game did as well. And it, it really did. And I th- honestly, that's that's what I take away from this game. That is the most encouraging thing to me is that the Leafs did not wilt in a game like that. Again, I don't think I'm, I'm not going to sit here and say they thrive. They they puff their chest out. That's not what this team is like. Even at its mo- at its best, at its most physical, this team is not going to be beating you in the alley. But it can kind of survive in there. And the other thing, I saw a bit of this going around. I mean, this is a kind of yelling at a straw man. But hey, mm-hmm. I'm I'm going to yell at them there there was no world where anybody on the ice was going to do anything to Felino 
as the game ended right there. You had to get your point. They had a break coming back the other way. I understand it. Protect Campbell at all costs. You need him healthy. But look around. It's Alex Kerfoot. It's Morgan Riley. Like, I, I don't know who you're expecting to kind of club at, at Felino as the time's expiring there. I I think, you know, the ref should just do his job and call the penalty. Yep. Like, I, you know, it's a play where he's not – he didn't mean to – he's not running him. He's trying mm-hmm. to put the puck in the net, and he happens to run over the goalie. Goalie puts up – I mean, the ref puts up his hand. Puts him in the penalty box. It's a moot conversation. It doesn't matter. So I, I didn't think anybody needed to fight. Felino, that guy's tough as nails. No one's going to go after him. But, yeah, I, that was a good game, boys. I, I'm encouraged. I'm encouraged more tonight than I am after the 8-3 game, I have to say. the uh, and, and, again, if you're just listening, now it's about uh, Marcus Felino running. Running. And then he plays that style. But Jack Campbell, like, like right through the crease, wasn't pushed at all. Knee to the head. Uh, but that's what he does to try to win. There, he's also, he could be in trouble. Certainly, uh, you think it's going to be reviewed. Did he come off the bench to engage in a fight with Wayne Simmons? Which, if they decree that, that's a big problem. I'll, I'll be interested what their interpretation is if they decide they won't, uh, what they have to say. And, by the way, Joey Anderson, three minutes and 53 yeah, seconds. Like, <laughs> uh, it, it, one thing Sheldon Keefe has always done is uh, played four lines and given the fourth line, like, you know, seven, eight, nine minutes, something like that. So, I I, I mean, I, I don't even know what his body of work was to comment. I'm trying to think what. So, I, I, do re- I do remember him having one kind of yikes play at his own blue line. But, I mean, that, like, it just seems like, think about the names who have filtered through the bottom of that lineup. Like, when Semi Amna has been in here, he's got his 10 minutes. It's just, it's. Keith is a guy who, I mean, he'll bury you. If you're higher up in the lineup, he's he's a little quicker to bury you. But you're right. He normally gives guys their chances. So, yeah, I just, I don't I don't know what's happening there. You, you wonder if it's, I mean, it can't be injury related, you don't think. But it's just to only play three minutes in a game that I know it goes overtime and he's not sniffing the ice there. But it's just, maybe, I guess, the bench gets shortened once you're down. But, yeah, only three minutes is. Well, uh, and he was also spotting Spets in different places. Yeah. So that might have, you just sort of. Uh, so do you know you want to know who led the Leafs in hits? I would love to know. With uh, one, four guys are tied with one. <laughs> so just so you know, if you're looking for that, just that's our that's our fun stat of the night. I think another takeaway from this one for me tonight, fellas, is the special teams again are you know they did get the power play goal, the Wild in the first period there on that weird bounce off Hall's foot, but when they needed it big time in the third, like you guys were talking about, that five on three was a huge swing in the game. They get two power play goals in the second period to tie the game up. I think that during this unbelievable hot streak that they've had over this, you know, however long it's been now, all of November into December here, the special teams have been excellent. They really, really have been. And that's been a big, like, it's been a big difference. Last year they dried up. Both of them were pretty bad. And now they're going in the right direction. And you guys know what happens when we get to April, like we've all been talking about. We don't want to look too far ahead, but you know what's important when it gets to playoff time. Special teams are the most important thing almost. Well, and the fact that, again, you're doing that without Marner in the lineup, but not that Marner is your entire not that Marner's your entire power play by any means, but you know, it's not going to get worse when, when he comes back into the fold. And again, if you missed it, he, he was out tonight after, after uh, getting banged up in practice, being bumped into by Muzzin, he's not going to play tomorrow. Uh, af- after that, they're back on Tuesday. So, so we'll see what happens there. But I think, I think that's the most encouraging thing that you can take away a guy who for, I don't know, 27, 28 other teams in this league, he's the whole power play and you take him away and this Leafs unit still looks really dangerous. Well, and the guy that replaces him and gets one of the two power play goals is the aforementioned Jason Spezza. And again, when we talk about injuries, uh, that, that uh, it, it was interesting because it first looked like 
he was acting like he got caught a high stick in the head area. I thought he was. I thought it was yeah. a great veteran move to sell the call. And, and it I was thought. in overtime, so it gave the Maple Leafs a great four and three overtime. And Dean Everson was in, and the Wild bench were ticked off. But no, you look at it nowadays. Any kind of slash in the hand area is a penalty, as we know. And this one, he went right to the, he went right to the dressing room. So hopefully not anything significant. So we'll find out. It looked like a delayed reaction at first. When it first happened, it looked like a delayed reaction. But then they showed that one angle where it kind of looked like he was bringing it back. And anything around the hands, that just hurts, fellas. You know? Yep. Like, it doesn't have to be a big injury. But, like, that can be like, oh, my God, my hand's broken. That That's just hurts. That's the same time that Brent hurt, uh, hit his knee against the corner there. He got oh hurt the same God. time as he uh, That's exactly what happened. I'll pray for I, Brent. I know. I, uh, to the corner. I didn't know who to tend to. Jason Spezza on the <laughs> ice or Brent Gunning here in the studio. Uh, well, yeah. you know, I'm a gamer. You know, I yeah. toughed it out. And by that, I mean complain the entire rest of the day. And I will... We'll continue to complain the second the show's done. I will say tomorrow night's gonna be tough for these guys. Oh, yeah. You guys you guys mentioned it. It's gonna be a tired group, travel, going into another tough barn after a really hard fought game. Joe Wall between the pipes, maybe Spets injured, no Marner. They can find a way to get another point or even maybe two tomorrow night'd be a big task. Uh, Nick Nick Healers will have a big game tomorrow. I think we could go go ahead well, and no more Thornton. Connor. There's no Thornton oh, to uh, get after him this that's time. Right. So he should be the, fine. You know, um another quiet because he's a local guy, but P.K. Subban, he, he he had another ticky tack. Slewban, Slew, yeah, <laughs> he's addicted on, to the on Friday fight. against Winnipeg. You know, know, just one. Nobody got hurt. No, whatever. Not again. That word egregious so much, but it's uh, uh, kind of like you know when you get when you get too many tickets that you don't lose points, the insurance still hits you. Okay, <laughs> you know, and that's kind of kind of like him. He's getting all these things without getting an actual suspension, but you know, after a while. Uh, you got to wonder. Well, anyway. we we were you know we have the pregame up while we're doing our own pregame, and and we noticed we we noticed it's happening, and there's video of it up there, and it's it's happened so often with Subban that I honestly didn't know if that was a new one tonight or if that was just an old one or yeah, or five. What, it, it's been a lot, and again, it's you. It, this is the whole. This is you know pick your guy. This is the whole Matt Cook corollary. You do it enough times, it kind of doesn't matter if it's an accident anymore. Like, it happens once or twice, okay, you can get the benefit of the doubt. Benefit of doubt is is well dead and gone with, with Subban when it comes to the Slewfoot. Yeah, and, and you know, to get back to Winnipeg tomorrow, I do remember, I if it, I think it was Randy Carlisle's last game, right? That Or maybe, but but anyway, they, they went on this very trip, Minnesota mm-hmm. and Winnipeg, on a two-game road trip, and, uh, and then he got rinsed after that. I, there's just, like, a lot of... I'm sure there's good memories, but I just have a lot of bad memories there. But I, I will say they're great hockey fans. It's a fun place to watch. And they, they pick a chant every game. I don't know how it starts. I don't know how they get the word out, but they quick. And, and it's actually a funny chant. Like it's not, it's not, it's not rude or whatever, but it's kind of, you know, and they'll pick on a player on the other team and they'll say, so I'm, I'm wondering who their target is tomorrow and what their um, usually uh, humorous chant will be. But this is extremely nichely fan here, but my me. memories of um, them playing in Winnipeg is, I don't know. I think it was Marlowe's first season, their first game there. They won, I think seven, three and Leo Komarov got called for having his <laughs> visor up, up too high. Yeah. That's, that's my memories of Winnipeg. So, I mean, I can't remember my email with password boys and I remember that, but yeah, that, that's a memory of Winnipeg. My memory, my memory of Winnipeg is last year. I'm pretty sure it was the first game they played the jets and Marner had an empty netter and Nick Ehlers came over and like tried to two hand him or oh, tackle yeah. him yeah. or whatever it was. So I don't know. There's, there's a lot of, uh, I won't go as far as to say bad blood, but there's still a lot of dislike floating around, uh, between the, the Canadian division team. So yeah, it'll be, it'll be fun to see. And I think, I think it's important to kind of keep expectations in line tomorrow. You know, I was sitting here wondering what they'd get out of Jason Spezza 
anyways with how much they had to play him. And now, you know, his status is potentially up in the air for tomorrow. He He's just one guy. And look, you know, not to say, not to say there's no chance. Like this is still a team that has so much A-list talent that there's that they, they can easily go in there and steal it. But it is going to be a hard, hard fought back to back tomorrow. Like it's just that that's a team that can, that's a team that can lean on you. They're usually prepared. They got the two big centers. It is uh it is not going to be easy for the Leafs. Although the Jets have kind of been off to a weird start to their year too. Yeah. Well, weird start. Then they got going pretty strong and Pierre-Luc Dubois really seems to have found his niche though. Blake Wheeler, Hasn't scored a goal, I don't think. Shifley finally That's got going omen. on Friday. Yeah, but my Sunday memory of Winnipeg won't happen because I'm sure they're. I'm not, I know they're coming home after the game tomorrow. It's just nothing was open on Winnipeg on a Sunday. <laughs> you had to have, you had to go to the hotel and get room service. I mean, they're really back in those days. And uh, I got good friends in Winnipeg. Whatever, they're very passionate about. But it's it's not the favorite stop. Uh, in the winter, in the cold of winter, when you're traveling with NHL teams, the birthplace of winter, 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 winter. Uh, bag. I can't even speak. Nailed it, buddy. Let's hit a break. Jeez. We know what you're talking about. All right, there you heard it. Uh, producer Sam McKee, he's joined us on air. Gord Stellick, Brent Gutting here with you. Got a little bit more left. The Leafs Nation post game on Sportsnet 590, the Fan, and the Maple Leafs Radio Network. Frank Gunning, Gord Stellick here with you for Leaf Station Post Game, just wrapping up here uh, as Gord so dutifully reminded me earlier in the program. The Leafs did not lose tonight. They were just non-winners in Minnesota. 4-3 is the final in a shootout for the Wild. The Leafs keep their point streak alive. Let's see what the head coach, Sheldon Keith, thinks about that. What do you take away from a, a game like that that starts the way it does, but you come out with a, a result in the standings? That's a big point for us. <clears throat> Love that our guys... You know, didn't go away at three nothing. Instead, just dug in and wanted to make a game of it. And uh, you know, we took over the game in that back half of that second period, and that was enough to earn us a point. It's a new kind of challenge where you have an impact player who's not available for you guys, and you don't really have a full practice without that with that scenario in place. Was it difficult to kind of find an adjustment for figuring out the lines with someone like Mitchell? Yeah, it was difficult. We knew that going in. Um, yeah, I mean, Mitch is an important player for us, you know, for obvious reasons. But uh, yeah, not having him, you know, having Cashin coming back and be, it being his first game, be a tough ask for him to go up into that situation. We wanted to give him some familiarity. Um, but I, I knew going into the game, like I had talked to Wayne Simmons before the game that he was going to start him there, but I, that I had fully ex- expected that I was going to move things all over the place. Um, and move Austin all over the place, give him different wingers at different times. I wanted Spence to get time there, but I know that if I did that, then I was, you know, lose a center in doing so, and I didn't want to have to move Kerfoot out. I was trying to have as little disruption as possible, basically. And, you know, once we got down, I, I really just kind of lost some of our guys. You know, Joey Anderson didn't get, get much here today, and it was mainly just because I just felt we were were a guy short, really, uh, when I was moving other people around. And then, you know, penalties, of course, were another factor. Was that kind of like last season when there was one game where you kind of loaded up the top line because you didn't have someone like Matthews around and you were kind of short in the position, so you kind of moved Tavares up to just kind of find a, an offensive loaded line to kind of yeah. go against the down? Yeah, that's part of it. It was you know, part of what I intended to do in the game, part of what the game called for, given that we were down. Uh, yeah, I'm you know, just trying to kind of mix and match her. It, like I said, I just I didn't feel we had you know, a, an easy answer to, to fill that spot tonight. Uh, and then once the game was the way that it was with uh, us getting down, combined with the penalties, it just became 
something where I felt we needed to really shorten the bench and mix things up a bit. Is there an update on Mitch? Like, would he be available tomorrow? Or uh, he, he won't be available tomorrow. Uh, you know, they, they, they wanted to see how he responded uh, this morning, and they were looking at it and gave it some time during the day, but then ultimately just decided that they'd, they'd, they'd uh, give him the weekend here, and then we'll get back home and, and get a better idea of what, what might be happening there. And, expect him to be a long-term How did you feel this game was managed? Uh, there was that fight with Simmons and Foligno in the first period. It looked like he may have come, came off the bench. There's a lot of open interpretation as to if he did or didn't based on that situation. Well, he definitely came off the bench, but I mean, that's, yeah. uh, that was a long game. What's happened? Right. Uh, that feels like forever ago, so I don't know. Right, and, and then there was, like, he, he kind of ran uh, Campbell there at the end in the, the regulation time. And, and yeah, I, yeah, I mean, he pretty much did what he wanted out there, but, you know, things happen. Things happen quick. He's going to the net. Usually that gets called, you know. Usually that, that gets called when a guy goes to the net and, and uh, you know, doesn't do much to get out of the way. And it's a goal that's clearly in his blue, in his blue paint. But <clears throat> these things happen. It's a tight game right at the end. You know, the, the, the rest are just let the players sort it out. You mentioned Cash. How did you feel Riley kind of stepped into that situation where, I mean, he didn't miss games, but obviously couldn't practice to get kind of just jump into this spot? Yeah, I thought he was good. You know, he played a lot. He used him in different situations. You know, he was, you know, I thought he was good. It's nice to have him back, most importantly. And uh, about the start, is that just the Wild doing what, you, what we thought or what you thought they might do in terms of, like, crashing the net? And, and yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I thought, I mean, I didn't mind our first period. I thought the first period was pretty even. I mean, they scored the goal really late. Um, it, it was there was a period of adjustment there for us for sure. You know, while of course they're a very good team, they also do some things defensively that look different than, than most of the opponents that we faced, and you know, that's an adjustment in, in terms of style of play that we had to find our way with. And then got to a point where we were down, and our guys just really kind of got to it um, and, and just dug in and. and up the pace offensively, and uh, we ended up with 15 or 16 shots in the last uh, eight or nine minutes of, of the second period, and that was more of what we were looking for. Um, we got it in that stretch. To, you know, we knew full well Minnesota was going to regroup in the intermission, and they were going to come hard, and they did. Now I didn't like how we how we handled that. We had some trouble getting out of our end tonight. It created problems, but it's a huge point for our team. I mean, we've the way, the way things have been going for our team. You get down like that. That's an easy one. We got to play tomorrow night. It's an easy one for the guys to just, you know, say, well, you know, we'll uh, get to get ready for Winnipeg, you know. Um, but uh, we didn't do that. We fought hard, you know, and uh, played played well enough through the tail end of the second. Got an unbelievable five-one-three penalty kill. That, uh, you know, all those things combined to give us a good, you know, gutsy character point here on the road. It's the first taste of the shootout as well. I know you guys don't really work on it too, too much. And I know your, your take on these situations when it goes overtime or later, it's kind of a tie situation. So, I mean, like. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's yeah, the skills competition, especially even the overtime, generally, you're, you know, they're, they're pretty special certain situations that are outside of the regular play. You don't do a whole lot to prepare for them necessarily. There's too much other stuff to, to focus on, but we, we've prepared enough to know who our shooters were going to be. You know, not having Spaz available was a problem. He's usually going to be our first shooter. But, uh, you know, we had, we, we knew kind of the next guys up were Cash has been a very good you know, shootout guy um, over his career. And he's a guy we wanted to, we would, that we would have in the mix. And, 
know, Eli and Matthews are the obvious ones. Last one for you on Spezza. I mean, he has to, he took Mitch's role a lot on PP1 and that, and he, he executed for you guys. Does, does he still find ways to kind of amaze you and maybe the teammates there at his age? Yeah, I mean, remarkable effort by him. Again, you, you look at <clears throat> what was going on in the game, and like I'm saying, uh, you know, our, our team, you know, was trying to, you know, find its way there, and you had a guy like Spez that just won't let won't let us go away. Gets a big goal. I know there's some luck involved in that, but there's a lot of things that lead up to it that give us a chance for that for that shot and that luck to go our way. Um, and then you know, just two big time plays on the power play. You know, he wins the game. So you know, you, you need guys to step up like that when you're missing uh, people such as Mitch. It was great to see Spez do that today. It's tough to see him go, go out there in, uh, in overtime and not be available for that power play or for the shootout. But uh, I think he'll, he'll be fine on things settle down there. I think he, he got uh, a hit right on the nerve, which you know, he looked like he was in some pain. And I've experienced that before as a player. And that's the kind of thing you, if you, you feel like you're in a world of hurt for a while, then it settles down on you, which I think is what happened. But it wasn't a time for us to get into the shootout. There's Leafs head coach Sheldon Key following the 4-3 shootout non-win against the Wild. The good news there, it sounds like Jason Spets is okay. We'll see about his availability tomorrow. Mitch Marner will not be in the lineup when the Leafs get the Jets tomorrow. Gordon and I will be back with a post-game pod. But before that, we got the Leafs this week 1-2 on Sportsnet 590. The fan, thank you so much for listening to Leafs Nation post-game.